Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. That's the second time it's gone off. They never go home. They never go home. They never go home, those, those, those boys. And I said, I want to win the league, but I want to win it better. You can understand that, can't you? Yes. Good luck. So he's almost like having a second captain in the team. Second captain, first captain, whatever. Welcome everyone to the Second Captain's Pod. We're back in Dublin after the roaring success of our trip to London. Hey Murph. Hey Owen, how's it going? Hi Ken. Owen, how are you? Oh, I'm so good. I'm feeling good after last weekend. Or last week, I should so say. Shane Duffy. Go on. So good. So good. So good to quote a famous football manager. We had Shane Duffy live in Hackney. Sean Dyche breaking his silence on his Burnley sacking with Richie on the player's chair. But all Emmett Marin wants to focus on in this email he sent in is this exchange I had with Gabriele Marcotti in a nice Italian restaurant in Kensington gotta say Gabriele I'm looking at the menu here and I'd like to look at this spaghetti alla citara con salso di pomodoro e basilico fresco did I pronounce that correctly? <laughs> it's chitarra it means uh, it means guitar um, yeah it's basically it's homemade fresh pasta um, the sauce itself is just a basic basil and uh, tomato sauce. I like it. I'll keep it simple. Do you recommend it? Uh, I'm sure it's very good, yeah. I noted after Gabriele left the table that he he had met my garbled Italian pronunciation with an icy stare. I felt there was possibly some silent judgment going on, going on there. Emmett says it wasn't the mangled pronunciation that was the problem. He writes, as a long-time inhabitant of the Bel Paese, that's the beautiful country, by the way, Ken, Mm-hmm. I would argue that what was at issue was not what was said, but what was ordered. While Italians might be happy enough for you to play fast and loose with their language, when it comes to food, they are pedantic. What, you may ask, was so wrong with ordering spaghetti alla chitarra con salsa di pomodoro? Nothing for a non-Italian, but for an Italian it's the equivalent of ordering chicken and chips, a plate that is on the menu so parents can be sure their kids will eat something when they bring them to a restaurant. <laughs> the oh, Gabriele's, I'm sure it's very good, yeah, is a line that anyone who has gotten on the wrong side of Italian food dogma will be familiar with. If I was to guess what Marcotti ordered in order to demonstrate his culinary ortho- orthodoxy, I would go with either something with a vegetable currently in season for a very short period, asparagus or artichokes, or, <laughs> ar- artichokes, or something very specific to the region that the owners of the restaurant come from <laughs> all the best from Emmett nice email Emmett. we didn't actually have time to eat anything in the end to be honest with you he had also yeah. buco like mama used to make it's anti-Italian discrimination 
<laughs> See what um what you did there, Otis. You just you read it out far too slowly. The key is to just re- whatever you're saying, say it extremely fast and back yourself. There was mm. a, you, in your eagerness to pronounce everything correctly, it just came across as you know halting and I actually did the thing that you normally do to somebody who, when you're trying to speak your language to them. You know, you speak English slowly that somebody might understand it better, even though it can be a little bit patronizing and you're probably not doing much of a better <laughs> job. So you, I should have said spaghetti alla chitarra con salsa di pomodoro. Yeah, exactly. And just people say, wow, is that an Italian guy in, on the podcast? Also? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Is that Gianluca Vialli? You're right into there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mercati meets meets. Att- is it uh, Attilio Lombardo or <laughs> that guy? Attilio Lombardo might be, might be better, yeah. That well, guy he used to manage size. Roma. Okay. Just trying okay. to think of bald Italians. Sign up now to hear everything that's Sylvia Berlusconi? <laughs> <laughs> and in oh we also in Nottingham, because something big happened in Nottingham. That's where Richie met Sean Dyche for an unbelievable chat. Secondcaptains.com, five euro a month plus fat to hear everything that went down. As for the live show, Shane Duffy came on to talk about lots of stuff, including life under Stephen Kenny with the national team. Also his plans at club level at the end of this season, as well as his struggles following the death of his father two years ago. He was the first person I would make a phone call after a game if he weren't there. It would be when I was having a good time, he'd, he'd be the first one there. For bad time, the same. So probably the first game I came back, I'd, I had no one to call. And it was like, it was, I was like sat in my car and I was like, like my, mom, my mom knows football, but she doesn't like, know football like the way my dad would know it. And um the conversation weren't the same and that's where it sort of hit me really hard and sat in the car and didn't move for an hour or so it was just them and then I had then it would just go on and on so it was uh it was tough and it was his anniversary yesterday and it was a tough day yesterday so uh you just gotta you just gotta crack on and try and make everyone proud Yeah, lovely reaction from the crowd there throughout that chat with Shane Duffy. We've already lavished praise on our London crew and our football pod, but happy to do so again. They were uh, they were really good there, especially when Shane was going through some of that, that tough stuff that has happened in his personal life there. So uh, good luck to Shane Duffy with, with whatever happens next season. Thanks to our good friends at Aer Lingus for helping the live show to become a reality. And we look forward to seeing everybody in London again as soon as it's humanly possible. Murph, let's talk a little bit of hurling because it was a decent L weekend in the Munster Championship. Uh, it really was on uh, two games yesterday. Uh, and kind of watching Cork and Waterford, uh, it seemed like it was a, a, like a brilliant atmosphere, tight ground, uh, crowd in on top of the pitch. Um, it seemed like, oh man, this this is absolutely brilliant. Whatever comes next is going to be it's going to be hard to follow this, uh, given the fact that Cork, having been down, having been lower than a snake's belly for basically the last two months, losing three games, you know, three big games in a really terrible fashion. If you put the league final with the first two games of the Munster Championship, and then you put those three games with the last big game of 2021, which is, of course, the uh, the absolute defenestration in the Ireland hurling uh, final uh, to Limerick. And... People, had, you know, there were, there was an element of, of people in Cork who had just kind of given up on this team. Who just these guys just don't have it. They don't have the sort of competitive fire required uh, to actually win these games. And then they go down to Waterford, 
And they've just put it, their fielding in particular was absolutely unbelievable. Dara Fitzgibbon, Kieran Joyce, Seamus Harnady went up and just caught unbelievable. Oh, ball. there was one amazing point was that Harnady caught one, uh, like caught a beautiful, an absolute beautiful catch. And in fairness, not particularly well defended, but who cares about that? Uh, then burns a couple of lads and then gets into it with some defenders as well afterwards, which is always yeah. Good that fun. was that was I think the insurance point, the one that put them five up. I think maybe yeah. um, towards the end, um, but. I mean, that blew the whole championship wide open um, because if Waterford had won, then it was it was done and dusted. Uh, next week's finale was going to be a damp squib. Um, and, you know, they, as it is now, all of a sudden Cork win their last game. They're through to the to the <laughs> to the All Ireland stages. You know, and Waterford and, are out. If that, and if Waterford that are out. Happens, yeah, well, yeah, it's completely out of Waterford's hands now. Uh, Cork have to be Tipperary who haven't won a game in the entire championship so far at all. Uh, and if Cork do that, no matter what happens between Waterford and Clare in the uh, in the final game uh, next Sunday, it's done. Cork will go through this is on, the well, on the head-to-head on. Wasn't everyone telling me two weeks ago Waterford were going to win the All-Ireland? Yeah, but what's happened, and this is kind of... This is kind of the shocking thing for Waterford. Looking at their league semi-final where they you know, hammered Wexford, like absolutely went to town on Wexford, and then the league final display where they went to town on Cork... Um, they were flying high. They play, but it's just it's curdled for them. And, and it, you know, looking back, even at the first weekend where they really struggled to be Tipperary in Walsh Park, um, that was actually the first sign of it. Um, and then they go and lose to Limerick in the second game. And you know, there's that was a really good game. They acquitted themselves pretty well um, before losing by whatever it was, three or four points. Um, but then just that performance yesterday, so flat and. It's it's becoming a recurring theme now. Stephen Bennett scored from play for the first time in the championship, and this is into the third game, having just been unplayable throughout the league, and in particular in the league final where he got two eleven. Um, Tyg de Borca had his best game of the championship, but he's nowhere near where you kind of expect him to be. And then Gleason, you know, and again it's like, uh, it was a weekend in a lot of ways for heroes, you know, for the big characters in teams to step up mm. and it was just really instructive I think to to look at three of the well I mean if you if you say that Garrod Hegarty in the absence of Keane Lynch is the Limerick hero then it was dramatic for all four of the teams in the Munster Championship uh, looked at through this prism but uh, I actually watched this game back I was flying back from London yesterday afternoon so I had heard that Austin Gleeson had got himself sent off and I was just like, this is, how could he get himself Bear, sent Bear in mind, he was sent off in the league at the in end the of league, the league semi-final, and was the, then suspended for the final. Yeah. For the final, and Liam Cahill made a big play of not, um, of not, um, of... of, um, uh, of yeah, not appealing for... Not, yeah. not appealing, of try, not trying to overturn that. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. In other words, you've got to learn your lesson here. We had a big chat about that with Maliki and Jamie yeah. Wall, all right, yeah. So I was all uh, geared up to watch this game back in full yesterday evening when I got home and just, you know... I was sharpening the knives for Austin Gleeson. And then, and it's still ridiculous that he got, got himself sent, sent off, but it was it was uh, interesting to see after three minutes, Niall O'Leary and himself, Niall O'Leary obviously just rising him at every possible stage off the ball, uh, in his face, grabbing him, stopping him from making runs. And throughout the game, the kind of the pressure was building and Gleeson was getting less and less help from everyone else on the Waterford team. And it, it it kind of it's it's still ridiculous that he got himself sent off, 
but there maybe there was mitigation there in the way that the game was going. That he was actually the only Waterford player that stood up to be, you know, the only big Waterford player that stood up to actually really be counted uh, throughout the game. He was getting so little help from so many players that you'd be expecting to give him help uh, throughout the game. Like the Cork hero for the last fifteen years, Patrick Horgan, becomes he uh, became the highest uh, scorer in the history of the championship. Uh, yesterday, which is a huge moment, you know, he yeah. overtakes Joe Canning, overtakes Henry Shefflin, but it's he hit one free wide, he uh, fumbled a pass from Seamus Hardy that could easily have been a goal. He gets whipped off after forty minutes, and it's kind of hard to see where Horgan fits into this Cork team in a lot of ways. And for for so long, for the last kind of ten years, Corks all of Corks fortunes have revolved around. Patrick Horgan you know what I mean mm-hmm. and all of the pressure he's taken all of that pressure on board and it's so difficult for these heroes to accept you know that god maybe the team's actually better off without me even if I end up with seven or eight points from freeze and I contribute a point or two my face doesn't fit anymore and he he gets this record but it was and Cork win the game but I still don't know how happy Patrick Horgan is today, you know, because he's wrestling with all that sort of personal stuff, like the the magnificent achievement. I mean, when you think of it, like the top scorer in the history of the 140 years nearly of the GA, he is the top scorer in the history of the GA hurling championship. And yet still this morning he wakes up and goes like, do I start the next day? Do I well, get... I, I'd wager he's happier than Austin Gleeson is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that, is, that, is, that, that is certainly true. But, you know, on a day where... It was like a personal accolade was handed out. I, 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 I still wouldn't be all that surprised if, if Patrick Horgan was also thinking on a personal level rather darker thoughts than he should be mm. uh, having, having, got that, having got that accolade. You mentioned a lot of big names there, Murph, uh, in mm. the Munster Championship this weekend. One conspicuous by its absence, uh, its absence so far, Tony Getty, Claire. Oh, just How many points did he I, end up with? He ended up with 16, having, <laughs> but he, he went the last half hour without scoring. He uh. had 16 points by the 44th minute, and he didn't, he didn't score again, and actually hit a couple of, like, knock, like the easiest chance he got all game, he put wide. Mm. Um, but he was unbelievable. The first 20 minutes, well, the first 20 minutes of the game... And this is against, against Limerick, Limerick, we should mention as well. Yeah, so they're playing yeah. against the All-Ireland Champions, best team in the country, uh, and, and looks like Clare are building something quite nice. Oh, year. and so it's it's that it will be a repeat of 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 Clare Limerick in the Munster final. That that at least has been sorted out. Um, but and Tipperary aren't completely out of this either. By the way, just before we move off, kind of the the if if Tip beat Cork by seven or eight points and Waterford lose, then Tip go through on scoring average. Yeah, so basically uh, it goes. It goes if two teams end up together, it goes on the record head whoever head. won that match. But if three are together, then it'll go on the points on score on, 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 scoring, on, difference. on scoring difference. Yeah, yeah. So, so Clare would have to beat Waterford by six or seven and Tip win by six or seven, um, and that like that and that's where. That's where it it gets a little bit more complicated, but they, they tip are not out of it. But this game, um, I mean, as I was saying, Warford Cork looked really good, atmosphere really good, and then you switch over to Ennis, and it was just everything that Walsh Park was only two hundred percent noisier, mm-hmm. more atmospheric. It just looked like the most it looked unbelievable. Amazing. Yeah, it, it did. Yeah, absolutely yeah. brilliant. Yeah. And then the first twenty five minutes was warfare as Keith Duggan described it in the Irish Times like an explosion in a dynamite factory mm. uh, and that's really what it was it was so much fun to watch it was absolutely just rip-roaring stuff uh, it slowed a little and the last kind of 20 minutes were quite nervy Gerard Hegarty 
um, who has become this totem, obviously, for Limerick, gets himself sent off. Um, now, it looked very harsh. It, both the yellow cards, you could argue. Uh, I, I, I see this one being overturned, for sure. Uh, particularly when their next game is a Munster final and they'll want him for a Munster final with uh, Keane Lynch. Prob- they're, they're, you know, I would say that they will rest Keane Lynch, make sure that his injury is right for the All-Ireland series. Uh, Gla- uh, Aaron Galland didn't, didn't talk at all yesterday. He had a sprain. Uh, that was all the information that we were given, so who knows what's going on there. Um, but I would say they will appeal Hegarty. But all of this noise, John Kiley uh, coming out afterwards saying this, there are two pundits in particular talking complete nonsense about Garrod Hegarty, and it has to stop. Uh, you know, the pressure is getting to Limerick as well. You know, there's I'm sure referees are thinking, you know, if it's Garrod Hegarty involved in something, maybe, you know, there's a higher than average chance that something has actually happened here. Uh, it is weighing on referees. It has to be weighing on Garrod Hegarty, although he doesn't seem to have modified his behaviour a whole pile. His hurley is still flying around the place at head-high level every time he goes in for a tackle, which at some stage you're going to have to say, that at least is in your control. I mean, the contact seemed to be fleeting uh, for his second yellow card, but you can at least keep your hurley down. You know, you can tackle with your arms instead of your hurley. Um, Garrod, that is something that maybe you could try and change. But... Um, yeah, I mean, it it was mad. Like, it seemed like Leinster was going to be the province where all of the last day drama was going to happen and that Munster was going to be wrapped up in a neat little bow by half three tomorrow. And all of a sudden now, uh, next weekend, uh, there's still stuff to be sorted out with Leinster, but Munster is hilarious again. It's going to be hilarious again, which is which which kind of, um, uh, which really whets the appetite, you know? What about the football then? Now, can we go for the goal here? 2 13 to 1 13. This is like old times at the moment. Hurt them, kill them, injure them. A route ruling on the 45 metre line. This is deliberately to stop Mead's momentum. Have no doubt about that. When Dublin get vulnerable, they always do this. Always and ever. And always and ever have. That was our mentality in the 80s. Hurt them, kill them, injure them. Some of these fuckers are missing now. Two or three players need to be stopped. Some way, somehow, they need to be stopped. Hurt them, kill them, injure them. Killing Dublin, stopping Dublin. There's certain things we need to do to stop them, you know? There's still a chance for me, and Dublin at the moment are holding on to it in an obnoxious fashion. This is ugly, ugly football. The killer instinct. Your purpose on this planet is to stop Dublin. Hurt them, kill them, injure them. Do anything you gotta do. They're just going to be stopped. They're either going to be outplayed or they're going to be removed. Laid back. Tough days, Oh, Ken. Ken, Ken, Ken. I know, I know you're disappointed at this stage. I mean, you, you want a vibrant Meath team. You want me to put it up to the dubs, but... Um, just... That we don't have a vibrant Meath. Yeah. Um, I mean, you're aware, obviously, of the Dublin Meath Leinster Championship match at the weekend. I could hear it in the tinkling of the Tulka. Played in Crow Park on your doorstep, of course. Yeah. I mean, so, sorry, just for those who, who, who are as, as a massive Dubs fan, Ken, yeah, there's it no is, way that would have slipped you. The game did finish 127 to 114, just for those who aren't. I heard some moans and groans, all right. <laughs> Might have been the meat fans. Was it in a broad, was it in a broad northeastern accent? Dublin are holding <laughs> on to it in an obnoxious some, yeah, fashion. Some, some drawling moans and groans. Give us, give us a bar then, then, Murph. Go on. Ah, hey, ah. <laughs> There's a lot of that, I'd say. It was yeah. shambolic. 
from me. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, they, they're doing their best, you know, and I, and I always go back to the words of Liam Hayes, you know, these guys, these men have to be stopped. Hurt them, kill and, them, uh, injure them. And I guess it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> you know, maybe it will happen at some point in the future, but just not, not yeah, not today. Not we are going to talk. Why, well, but why are you saying it's that bad? Was it any worse than any other beating they've taken from them? And well, they had a chance to play this game somewhere else other than Crow Park for a start, you know? Yeah. And this idea that that Mead are too proud to do anything other than take Dublin on in Crow Park. I, I, I wrote a comment about this a couple of weeks ago, talked to quite a few Mead people, and they were like, oh, yeah, well, you know, Mead's, Mead quite like playing in Crow Park, you know? I said, Really? <laughs> it hasn't been that happy a hunting ground. Uh, and whatever about... if Maybe Meads don't love playing in Port Leash, but maybe the Dubs don't either. Maybe you could try that. Maybe you could at least say, if, if, if we're going to be uncomfortable, maybe tr- let's try and make the Dubs uncomfortable. Let's take them out of their home ground where they're guaranteed to have 20,000 supporters and bring them down the country and see what happens. And just the, the spinelessness of that performance by Mead. And, oh, it's just... It actually boggles the mind. We will be talking to Usher McConville and Paul Finn we will, on Wednesday we will, about we this. But yeah. wow, Mead, wow. Don't worry, Leon Faulkner, if you're listening. Our Derry man who got onto you last week, Murph. I'm sure we'll be talking plenty about Derry's relentless march to the Ulster title with Oshin and Flynn and Paul Flynn as well. So I'm just I'm waiting for a follow-up email from Leon, who pays very close attention to mm. exactly what Derry content there is or isn't on the World Service. That's all. That's all to come later in the week. It's also the final week of the Premier League. Loads still to play for there. We've got Shane Horgan tomorrow on Leinster romping through to the Champions Cup final and loads more besides that going on. So secondcaptains.com, five euro a month plus VAT. That's it for today. Thanks, Ken. Thanks, Kieran. Thank you, Owen. And thank you, Kieran. Thank you, Ken. Thank you, Owen. Take care. Have a good one. Having had success after 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 success. That's a nine in a row. That's the Leinster Champions. Okay, yeah. After success. That's the second time it's gone off. They never got home, they never got home, they never got home, those, those, those boys. It is not war and death and famine, it's not that at all. It's the opposite of that, it's to persuade there's a world outside of that. That's why sport's important. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 